Yes, today we we have a God of possibles. And in your life today, like Jack, God can meet a need at any time. Because we love our God, don't we, this morning? The God of possibles. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah and the group. Just give them a hand. The great job they do here. Praise God. Oh, just stretch. I'd like to start with a bit of humour. I know, he's laughing now before he even start. I love the story of the young couple who invited their older pastor for lunch. While he was in the kitchen preparing the meal, the minister asked the son, what were they having for lunch? And he said, goat. Goat? He said, are you sure about that? Goat? He said, yeah, he said, I heard my dad say to my mum, we're going to have the old goat for lunch today. <laughs> Got to have a laugh, haven't we? Numbers 13 verse 30 says this, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Numbers 14, verse 24, this is God saying, But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Today, my friends, we want to have a look at a quick look at the life of Caleb. And as you know, if you know your Bible history, he was one of the 12 spies sent out by Moses to report on what was happening in the promised land. And you will recall from that story that 10 of them came back with really negative reports. Not positive at all. But he, Caleb, and Joshua brought back those positive reports. But this morning, I want to major on the rest of Caleb's story. And you will find that in the 14th chapter of the book of Joshua. And I just want to give you some background. As the story unfolds, you need to realize that 45 years has passed since the spies had entered the promised land when 10 came back with that really negative, discouraging report, which meant that the, 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 the trip into the promised land became mission impossible. You see, the report caused people to refuse to obey God's command and go in and take the land. As I said, mission impossible. So because of their disobedience, God told them that they would have to wander and roam for 40 years in the wilderness. One year for every day that the spies were in the land. Until every man of Israel who had voted to, dis to, to disobey God had died in the wilderness. And God kept his word. For 40 years they wandered and they roamed and God in that time provided for them. But in the end of those 40 years, 
only Moses, Joshua, and Caleb were left from the older generation of men. So when God told them again it was time to go in and take the promised land, well, the younger generation, they were ready. And they were up for it. We're ready, they said. We're going in to do the business. So Mission Impossible became Mission Possible. You see, our God is the God of possibles this morning. Yes, the giants that had so frightened their, their fathers were still there. But this time they obeyed God. And they, and, and they followed God's leading. And, they, and he gave them victory after victory. In, within five years, they had conquered most of the promised land. No, they hadn't conquered it all. There were still areas still occupied by their enemies, but they had conquered most of it. Enough to be able to divide the land up into large regions where each of the 12 tribes could settle and start afresh, where they could begin to build their cities, build their homes and their farms. Now it is at this point, as the 12 tribes are dividing up the land, that we come upon the second part of the story of Caleb's life. As recorded, as I said before, in that 14th chapter of Joshua. And here, Caleb is talking to Joshua. And he's reminding him of the promise that Moses had made to him some 45 years earlier. And he says this, and it's starting from verse 6. I'm going to read it to you. You know the word that the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me at Kadesh Barnea? Now, Kadesh Barnea was the main campsite of the Israelites at the time. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him that was in my heart. He's saying here, I brought back that positive report. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me, made the hearts of the people melt. He's saying that the ten, other ten were, were negative reports. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am, this day 85 years old. As yet I am strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Verse 12, and therefore, give me this mountain. I love that phrase. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim, they were a giant race of men, were there. And that the, the cities were, uh, were, were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
as an inheritance. And may the Lord add his blessing to that word. This morning, if you are over 40, 50, 60, 70, 75, 6, you should be able to relate to Caleb. Because when the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, he was 85 years old. 85 years old! You know what that tells me? God has never finished with us. So don't be sat there this morning thinking, well, I can't do much for God anymore. I'm too old. No, you're not. Get a bit of the Caleb spirit in you. You know when you get past your 70s, they call it the metallic age? Silver hair, gold teeth. <laughs> Lead bottom. With old age comes great wisdom and hair that grows in weird places. <laughs> it may surprise you to know that Caleb was not an Israelite. Genesis 36 tells us that Caleb was a descendant of Esau. And therefore, born into a family that was an avowed enemy of Israel. He was a Kenizzite. And if that was not bad enough, he had also been given a name that no good Jew would ever have. His name Caleb in, in Hebrew means dog. And that, in that culture, dogs were considered unclean. But somewhere in Caleb's life, a great change had been made. At some time, in some place, he had joined himself to Israel and embraced the one true God. Though he was a Gentile and an outcast, he became a child of the promises of God. In Hebrew culture, if you joined, you were adopted if you joined Israel. Adopted into one of its tribes, and your family name was added onto their genealogy. It was as though you had always been a part of God's family. And one chronicles tells us that Caleb was adopted into the tribe of Judah. And as you know, Judah was the tribe from which one day would come the Lion of Judah, Jesus himself. Verse 7 of our scripture reading today tells us that Caleb was a man whose heart had been changed. And because his heart was changed, Caleb was a man who trusted in the person and the promises of God rather than man. Can I say this morning, we too have been adopted into the family of God. And that is through the final one in that Lion of Judah, Jesus himself. And we, like Caleb, have been given the inheritance of the promised land. We've been given the blessings of heaven and a relationship with God himself. Isn't that great? This morning I want to have a brief look at what Caleb teaches us. He teaches us many things, Caleb, but I want to just look at two points this morning perspective and potential two points that would that should that could give us a lot of help 
dealing with the issues that we face these days in life. And by perspective, I mean an individual way of looking at a situation that has been influenced by a personal experience. Perspective, a way of looking at stuff. Life, friends, is all a matter of perspective. I know a guy who eats three meals a day, reads two books a week, works out every day, he has control of his TV monitor. What more could a man want? But he still complains about being in prison. Perspective. Someone once said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Perspective. This English professor, he wrote these words on the blackboard and asked two of his students to get up. He wrote down, a woman without her man is nothing. And he asked two students, a, man, a girl and a boy, to get up and punctuate it properly. The, but the boy wrote, a woman, comma, without her man, comma, is nothing. The, the girl got up and she wrote, a woman, full stop, Without her, comma, man is nothing. <laughs> Friends, it's all a matter of perspective. The way that we look at stuff. When a person comes to know Jesus and believes in the promises of God, it changes their perspective on life. Or it should. Caleb had a new perspective because God gave him a different spirit. And Caleb's reassurance of who he was and what God had promised him became the compass of his life. Caleb knew that there could be no half-heartedness following God. This morning, it should be the same for us. If we have the Lord living in, around and active in our, in our lives... On our journeys, we should also have a new perspective and a different spirit about us. And friends, if that is not the case, then we need a heart-to-heart -heart with God. You see, Jesus lived his life with a perspective that was markedly different from most of the folks with whom he came into contact with. The thrust of his gospel was an invitation to view ourselves, to view others, and to view the world in the light of God's love, power, and justice. And one of the things that characterized the ministry of Jesus was his ability to see beyond the appearance into the possibles. Because, friends, we have a God of possibles this morning. He viewed others, not so much in terms of what they were, but in terms of what they could become as a result of the liberating power of God's love. And so an ordinary hot-headed fisherman became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. 
and became one of the first to take the gospel to the Gentiles. A dishonest tax collector became a trusted friend and disciple and ended up writing the first book in the New Testament. An angry Pharisee who was a, who was a persecutor of the church became the apostle to the Gentiles and ended up writing most of the books in the New Testament. Outsiders were invited to be leaders. The unclean were restored to fellowship. The hopelessly ill were made well again. Fantastic. So, this morning, in the, in the, in the power of God's love, where do we see ourselves today? Do we see ourselves as evangelists? Sharing the gospel? Bringing people to church? Chatting to our neighbors? Chatting to our workmates? Do we see ourselves as youth leaders? Putting our energy and input into young people's lives today? Today, friends, could be the day of opportunity. Do we see ourselves as connect group leaders, leading a small group of like-minded people in someone's home? This, today, friends, might be your time. You see, people who heard and believed the good news of the gospel were liberated from the prison of negative perspective and given instead a perspective of possibilities through the transforming power and liberating love of God, the God of all possibles. And I want to tell you this morning, good things are possible. Friends, good things are possible, not because of our own efforts, but because of the redemptive power of Jesus in our lives. I want to ask you a question. When did you last have a major failure in your life? Gosh, I've had a few of them. Oh, I won't tell you about them now, though, but I've got all levels in failure, me. Or is it GCs? Or is it, I don't know what they are now, the exams. You tell how old I am, I'm all levels, I'm talking all levels. Let me ask you this question Did you stop? Trying because you failed? Or did you fail because you stopped trying? I think most of us fall into the latter of that. But friends, I want to tell you today, don't stop trying to do stuff. Don't stop trying. Never stop trying. Friends, it's all a matter of perspective. Caleb never gave up. He never stopped trying. Remember, he just spent 45 years in the wilderness knowing that he should have been in a land of milk and honey. Remember his positive report? Oh, we can do that. We should be in there. 45 years he bid his time. He didn't get dis, what's the word? disheartened. You see, his perspective was focused on God. It's ours this morning. As you know, the majority of the spies brought back negative, bad reports. 
Some saw cities with fortified walls and thought, no way. Some saw the Anakim, a giant race of warriors, and thought, no chance. And when the people heard their reports, they were, their hearts melted, the Bible says. They came feared. Negative thoughts, negative people, negative attitudes. Why is our churches filled with negativity at times? I'll tell you, friends, Caleb saw something else. He saw something new. He saw a different perspective. He saw unlimited possibilities. He saw a land that would meet his nation's needs. He saw a wealth of the wicked laid up for the righteous, which is what God had promised them. Friends, we don't serve a penny-pinching God this morning. We don't serve a God that hides in the shadows. We serve a God that created the universe, that created everything. So we have got to remove the limitations that we have placed on him in our lives. It's all a matter of perspective, friends. Because we have the God of all possibles. As we read through the story of Caleb this morning... We need to remember. Remember his victories. Remember how God brought him through 45 years. Remember how God gave him a new perspective. Remember, yes. Remember, yes. But let's not live there. As Pastor Wayne has said in the past, past present. We don't want to live past present. You see, Jesus brought us out of all our yesterdays. And he can do it today for you if you are stuck in some time warp with an issue you can't get past in your life. Jesus is the answer. The God of all possibles. He always was. He always is. He always will be unchanged, unmoved, undefeated and never undone. I want to tell you this morning, he was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen. And friends, he brings power. Friends, the world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. The leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't, uh, couldn't hold him. The, the New Age can't replace him. The scholars can't explain him away. Because his ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. And friends, I want to tell you this from the heart this morning. His mind is on us today. You see, it's all a matter of perspective. When I fail... He lifts me up. When I, when I fall, he forgives me. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he's the way. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, he mends me. When I am blind, he leads me. When I am hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he's with me. 
When I face persecution, he shields me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he carries me home. Friends, I'm, it's all a matter of perspective. My second point is potential. Maximizing our potential this morning. And as Christians, we need to be successful in our walk. And by successful, I mean just being able to make that little bit of difference for God in this world around us. And one element of success is growing to our maximum potential. You know what growth? Growth requires change and challenge. And without these, we don't seem to be stimulated enough to be successful. Over the years, as I have been in other churches, and many of them, and I've seen so many people, good people, strong people, nice people, with so much potential for service for God, but the only thing is, they never moved from potential to productive. Like the car that's engine gearbox is stuck in neutral. The engine sounds impressive. The lights are on. The horn and radio are working. There's new tires all around. The only problem is, it's going nowhere. Think about the children of Israel wandering in that wilderness, doing the same thing that they had done day after day after day. In Egypt, they murmured and complained. In the wilderness, they murmured and complained. And the only thing different was the scenery. Now, Caleb was not a complainer. Caleb was not willing to sit back and rest on his accomplishments. He was ready to start out on a new adventure. He was ready for change. He was ready for the challenge. Are you this morning? As you study the scriptures, you will find certain characteristics that repeat again and again and again in successful people. People like Caleb. People who have not stopped, not parked up on their journey, but are continuing to expand their horizons. People who know that there is something great that God is desiring to accomplish through them. People who are committed to personal growth and don't mind taking a little bit of a risk. Is that us this morning? You see, friends, we have to choose a life of growth. Spanish composer Pablo Cellist, Pablo Casals, who died in 1973, was asked in the final years of his life, this question by a reporter. Mr. Casals, you are 95 years old and the greatest cellist that has ever lived. Why do you still practice six hours a day? Do you know what he said? He said this, because I think I'm making progress. 
95 years old. To grow, to maximize our potential is to improve ourselves day by day by day. Never stop learning. Never stop trying something new. Friends, we have to choose a life of growth. Start growing today. Caleb did not say, give me a year or two and I'll be ready to fight. He said, I'm just as ready today. Someone once said, it's not what we are going to do, but what we are doing now that counts. So with that thought in mind, let's resolve today to drop the motto of so many people. One of these days. Friends, one of these days usually means none of these days. And we need to determine to start growing today. But remember this, growth is not automatic. We have to work at it. Growth today will provide a better future tomorrow for each and every one of us. Growth is our responsibility. Not our parents, not our families, not our friends, but our responsibility. We must maximize our potential if we are to be all that God wants us to be. We must maximize our potential and allow our natural giftings and inclinations to develop and mature. Because God has placed in each one of us unique gifts and talents that nobody else will have. Our DNA will be imprinted right through it. You have gifts and talents that nobody else will have. They might be deep, but they're still there. We must maximize our potential that, we, uh, that when we get inspiration from God by His Word, listening to His presence with us and in our worship of Him. We must maximize our potential by being innovative. The friends of the paralytic man found a different way to reach Jesus. Don't give up when the natural ways and doors are slammed in our faces. Find new ways of doing stuff. We must maximize our potential by taking the initiative and not waiting for somebody to push us along. Jesus took the initiative when going through the cities and the villages, preaching the gospel. He did not wait for someone to encourage him or push him along this way, Jesus, this way. No, he didn't wait. He went for it. We must maximize our potential by receiving timely instructions on our lives in all areas of our lives. Listen to what God is saying to us. Listen to what God is saying to the church. We must maximize our potential by having our efforts all underpinned by prayer. Let's get all our prayer groups on board asking God to unlock our hearts for growth. Praise God. Michelangelo, 15th century Italian sculptor, that's Caleb. I pictured that one off me, by the way. It's me getting out of the bathroom one morning. <laughs> He's an Italian sculptor, painter, architect, and poet. 
Do you know what? In his life, he started 44 statues, but he only finished 14. In a museum in Italy, the Academia it's called, in Florence, you can see his 30 unfinished works. Is there one up there now? Yeah. They are huge chunks of marble with only a hand or a foot or a leg, or in this case, a torso and leg, completed. And they are fascinating. Do you know it's one of the most popular places to visit in Italy? The queues are horrendous, I believe. But I'd like to ask you a question this morning. Are our lives like these unfinished statues? Is the potential for beauty, for purpose, for perspective, for growth still locked up within us? This morning I'm asking you to break out. Break out and start growing. As we have seen in Caleb's perseverance was, con was conceived in the promises of God. His understanding of who he was in God and what God had promised became the compass of his life. And it gave him perspective. It gave him perseverance. And it gave him potential. And for 45 years, he held on to that compass in spite of numerous obstacles and delays that hit his life. That perseverance made Caleb ready to give all that he had, even though he was 85 years old. This morning, can we relate to Caleb's victories? Can we give our all in following Jesus, like Caleb in following Jesus? Can we identify with the victories in those special places, in our special places? Have we had the same change occur in our hearts like Caleb? Friends, that can only come by being adopted into the spiritual tribe of Judah this morning, trusting in Christ alone as our Lord and Savior. Have we made the person and the promises of God, the compass, the direction of our lives this morning? That is all that will enable us to persevere in faith and give us that godly perspective. I wonder whether the group could come back, guys. Hannah and the team. They do a great job, don't they? In finishing, Jesus, this morning, has called us to be his disciples. And the fact that you're here answers that question, I think. No matter what our situation is or condition, this is also for you guys at home, you guys online. He has called us to be his disciples, no matter what our situation, no matter what our condition. Today he has something important for us to do. And I want you to believe that. And it will change how we think and how we live 
in this world. Believe that and we will receive a new enthusiasm and an excitement about our lives and the God of all possibles. Believe that and we will have God's perspective on our lives and the potential to make all the difference. Bless you all this morning, my friends. May God continue to bless you this day.